Batman. Batman. Can somebody tell me what kind of a world we live in where a man dressed up as a bat gets all of my press? This town needs an enema. Popheads and welcome to issue 30, the big 3-0 of 3BZ Presents Popcast, aka the Tomcast Batcast tonight. My name is Tom. Please follow this awesome small independent podcast on social media at Tomcast underscore Popcast on Twitter and at the Tomcast underscore Popcast on Instagram. Remember, this is the pop culture podcast that knows if you've ever danced with the devil by the pale moonlight. And with that, I think it's pretty obvious. We're here to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Batman, the movie directed by Tim Burton, starring Jack Nicholson as the Joker, and the awesome Michael Keaton as Batman. Here to help me celebrate and uh, eat all of this wonderful Batman-shaped cake in front of us is an incredible group of super friends, led by the boy wonder himself, the flying Roger Smith. I am here, <laughs> once again. Next up, we have, we have the man, I would, I would call him my Alfred. He's been raising me since I was a little podcast baby. But this guy won't let Vicky Vale into the Batcave. Cody's here. <laughs> hello, hello. I'm here. And finally, our host for the evening, we are sitting in his Batcave, and uh, he is currently doing the Bat Dance himself. <laughs> Brian Mitchell of Pariah Brewing Company. Hello. Nobody does it better than Brian Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, since Brian is our host tonight, that means this is the first ever podcast being recorded on location. Oh, really? Yeah, out in the world. That's awesome. And we couldn't be more delighted that uh, we're doing our first one with Brian, and we're here at Pariah, who makes, uh, Brian makes all the rad beer in San Diego. The best. And we're going to drink all of it tonight. All of it. Every keg. What, uh, what are you guys drinking tonight, since we are at a brewery? Uh, well, I'm starting with the My Cat from Hellas. I copied uh, you. I'm doing the same thing. Yeah, I think we both decided, you know what, this is going to be a good podcaster beer. You know, it's got a nice tall glass. It's going to be a slow roll. We're going to burn through this one nice and easy. This is going to be probably my beer of the summer, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, there's no reason not to get this all the time. Yeah, for sure. Mr. Cody, what do you got? I'm drinking the Dryland is Not a Myth, which I absolutely love. It's a good one. This beer is a slammer. If there ever were to be a slammer. We, we had cans of that on, on beer night, and we're yeah. blown away by the flavors that come off that beer. Mm-hmm. Brian, how is it working with that new Sabro hop? Uh, it's a little polarizing, but that's kind of to be expected, I guess. When you say coconut and peach, you know, a lot of people think like, yeah, you say resin and pine, all these things. Like, you're like, yeah, I guess I get them. With that beer, it's like you say peach and coconut. It's fucking peach and coconut. <laughs> so some people love it. Some people don't like it. But we're stoked on it. I mean, we love our hop growers. It's absolutely insane that they're able to grow hops with those flavors. So we're just stoked to use them. Brian, I know we had some bad news on social media, but what's the update on the, on the new can releases? Uh, looking at July 1st. July 1st, folks. And it's going to be uh, pa- the pine? The and Yagma- LeBron, yeah. Yeah. And LeBron Hayes, back in cans, baby. So yeah. awesome. Keep an eye out for those yeah. guys. Unfortunate, but we'll get through it. We'll get through it. You know, It'll be worth the wait. Years to get here. Those are on tap now. Get them, taste yeah. them, love them. Uh, before we dive in, we do need to mention that not Batman's not the only person turning 30. Roger just had his big 3-0. Yeah. 
Do you even remember what happened on your 30th birthday? Uh, apparently the movie came out. It was the <laughs> premiere of Batman. So I literally came into the world, and so did Batman. So it was quite amazing. I think there's symbolism in that. Probably. Yep. Yeah. You're, you're missing your destiny. Yeah. <laughs> Those Why damn parents. Why people? You know, they just He's aged out along. now. <laughs> My knee. <laughs> yeah, basically. But, so, uh, so as we established, uh, Batman had its its premiere, Hollywood premiere, on June 19th, today, the day we're recording, but it had its wide release on June 23rd, Yep. 1989. I know I'm definitely the oldest person at this table, <laughs> so maybe I remember better than others, really? but where were you guys June 23rd, 1989? He was so, coming uh, out of his dad's balls. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, it was, I was nine months after that, actually. Um, yeah, I was uh, coming out of another place, but... Uh, <laughs> Where was that? Yeah, uh, we a different cave. A different cave. A different cave. Yeah, yeah. We don't. We don't need to go to that cave. Uh, let's let's avoid conversations regarding that one. But uh, yeah, so I was being born that day, so I was probably at a hospital. I don't know about you guys, but uh, so you weren't was, at the theater. No, it was. Jesus it was a very, Why are you here? It was a bright place. It was not dark at all. Fucking millennials. <laughs> Slacker. Sorry, guys. Brian, where were you, my friend? At the theater. And how old were you? Two. Two. <laughs> you, you saw it the day theater? of? I remember. That's my earliest memory in my life was wow. going to see Batman that's in impressive. the theater the day it came out. That's amazing. Hashtag parenting. I love it. That's Seriously. Amazing. Yes. I even remember the smell of my mother's leather jacket. Wow. <laughs> like, it, like, that was a huge thing for me. Well, I saw you posted today that this movie, like, shaped kind of everything that you are, right? Well, it ended so up, yeah. That makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> yeah. right? Now I totally get it. Well, you think about it, it's like, okay, Batman, dark, mm-hmm. Joker, goofy, funny, and it's like, okay, go beyond that. Okay, Jack Nicholson, ended up becoming a huge Jack Nicholson fan. Uh, first girl crush, so first time experiencing manhood was Vicky Vale. Uh, <laughs> first time experiencing Prince's music. So yes. it's like you go right down the line, you know, it's like that, that movie ended up like being seminal for me, for sure. Yeah, that that's pretty it. awesome. Nice. Could you remember where you were? I grew up a Prince fan, not even knowing it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember where I was two weeks ago. So <laughs> where I was with the day this movie came out, I have there's no chance in hell I can tell you where I was. I think I do remember seeing this in theaters, though. Mm-hmm. That, cool. That's that's one thing I do remember, but it, it couldn't have been day of. No way. No, I for for me, I was nine years old at the time. Like I said, I think I was the oldest one easily, <laughs> easily at this table. Quick break. Correction, I was 10. Sorry. Um, we didn't go opening day, but my dad took us, I believe it was Sunday. We went like Sunday morning of opening weekend. My brother, he took my brother and I. And this this was like the first, this Batman movie was the first movie I can remember being a part of like the hype and like the craze. This the People were going nuts for this movie for months waiting for it to come out. Like there was like countdowns all over the place and people were losing their minds. And it was the first time I'd been a part of that. As, as, a, as a young person. And so getting to see this movie was just the culmination of, of everything. And nice. it was, it lived up <laughs> for a long time. And I remember when, we, when, when it came out months later on VHS, just watching the shit out of that tape. Nice. Dude, I burned, I think, six, seven, eight VHSs just wow. watching it all the time. It's so funny, too. Uh, it, it's, the, it's, it's, I mean, it's Batman. It, it, you know, it's impacted all of us. But uh, what, what, are, what are some of your guys' I guess just memories of watching it. Like, what were some of the, your reactions to things as you were seeing them for the first time? Oh, uh, well, shoot. Because you saw it years later. Yeah, you know. yeah. I didn't, obviously, <laughs> didn't see it. I didn't see it until 
Probably, I want to say, like, my uncle rented it, and we were watching it at my grandma's house. And it was just like, you know, first time I saw that, one of my first experiences with Batman, like, you know, live action. Prior to that point, you know, I had been growing up with the animated series, which, you know, is... So you watched that. Okay, oh, that's, that's crazy. First. That's you kind wild. of backed into it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. kind of backwards because, you know, I grew up watching the cartoons and then later came to the realization that, wait, there's an actual live action movie about this. And, you know, you're watching that and you're like, whoa, it's just like the cartoon. He's got the grappling hook. He's got the batarangs, the Batmobile. Everything's so cool. And, yeah, I just remember seeing all those things and just being blown away by it, that it could, you know, not just be a cartoon, but above and beyond be real people. You know, it kind of gave some realism as a kid to the character. So it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it was the when I was young, I grew up with Batman as like I knew him from Super Friends as a cartoon. And then obviously yeah. the, the Adam West re- re- shows were in reruns. So I, I got my fill of campy Batman. And I didn't know Batman was like the Dark Knight at the time. And then, you, you know, you started seeing like the ads and the commercials and the posters and all the promo stuff that was hitting, you know, all the fan magazines. They were they were, you know, at the 7-Eleven on the, on the magazine racks. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what I don't know what this Batman is, but this Batman is way fucking cooler than any <laughs> Batman I've seen before. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it was. I, yeah. I. It just leaves such an impression. I mean, you, when you were a kid and you go to the theater and you just saw the poster, I mean, just the that poster says alone. it all. Yeah. Well, you can be anywhere in the world and see that symbol, and yeah. s- they'll go Batman. Batman. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 there was no other words on it for like the longest time. They just threw out a picture of the bat symbol. Yeah, just that black on gold on black. Yeah. You know, that's all it and is. That was a risk for them. Yeah. Uh, I remember seeing an interview with the uh, the two f- producers of the film, and they're like, "What is that? Is that like the back of someone's throat?" Oh yeah, I've, I've seen that before. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, no, it's Batman <laughs> symbol. You're looking well, at it backwards. And it's wild too because uh, they debuted like a like a trailer that they kind of hastily put together on a, on a, on the end of an episode of Entertainment Tonight. Oh really? And That's it, how they promoted it? Yeah, it was it was because they, I guess they wanted to give like proof of concept kind of. You know, show footage yeah. out yeah. there kind of mm-hmm. like hey listen we got a Batman movie and it's going to be fucking awesome mm-hmm. and when you watch that trailer now like I, I watched it I found it up on YouTube and I watched it and I was like oh my god it's really just you know 30 seconds of, of like scene after scene after scene there's like no narration there's no string together it's not a trailer in the sense that we know trailers nowadays mm-hmm. yeah. they're just like here come and see this shit <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's all they needed with Batman at the time because you didn't no one had anything like this no. in regards to no. Batman you had the cartoon and you had Adam West which was like in my opinion, cool in its own right, but goofy as all hell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there is nothing, it's nowhere near what the Batman we've come to see since, you know? Fighting sharks on helicopter ladders and kind of stuff like that. (laughs) No, and, you know, people our age, we remember a time when, you know, comic book movies weren't coming out every few months. You know, we we live in a Marvel age now, but back in the day. This is a big thing. This is only the second one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, At the time, Superman Superman. and Batman. Yeah, Yeah. and the, the last Superman was not good. No, <laughs> and, <laughs> and so everyone was like, "Oh God, okay, these superhero movies are kind of lame." And then uh, Tim Burton shows up, you know, with his unique direction, as and he does. The uh, I think the thing that, that that struck the hardest was the production design. The Anton first Gotham City, like those visuals are impactful and they strike a chord and they, yeah. they resonate to this day. When when people think of Gotham City, they think of like that crazy architecture, like gothic architecture that yeah. Anton first did and won many awards for. Yeah, definitely. That was the biggest production set since Cleopatra. <laughs> wow. At the time. So even That's to have crazy. that budget with everyone being young and not even like proven in terms of their career yeah. is insane. Yeah. And like that's that stuff that as a kid I didn't really realize. 
but I just, it just like I didn't like know it was a set. I was just like, where is this fucking crazy place? <laughs> yeah, where is this crazy? Because I definitely place, don't want to yeah. go there because I'll get killed. Yeah, that's a bad place. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, it was it was scary. It was like a scary, real. Yeah, stay away from the back alleys. And that's that's one of the things that's always stuck with me ever since I saw that as a kid is that. Gotham is a terrifying place and I yeah. because of seeing that this specific movie as a child I've always thought that to this day like Gotham would be the most terrifying place on the planet there's no place like it and then even jumping ahead to like when Dark Knight Rises comes out and I was like this, there's sun in Gotham City <laughs> like the whole final scene is the sun's out and I'm like I didn't know the sun ever came, came out there yeah. that's not supposed <laughs> exactly. to happen yeah, I thought it was always dark like like Russia or something <laughs> no it, 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 it's funny too in the beginning of the, of the, of the Batman film uh, Nicholson's character before he's Joker has that line it's like decent people shouldn't live here they'd be happier, happier somewhere yeah, else yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and it's like yeah why do decent people live there <laughs> It's not your city. You, maybe you get like hazard pay for living in Gotham. I don't know. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little extra something, something thrown on the back of your paycheck. But there's something about even at the beginning of the movie when there's like the, the homeless guys rob those people in the alleyway. Right. Those aren't your standard homeless looking people. It's. <laughs> I just watched it uh, yesterday or two days ago to get a refresher for tonight. And it's like that. It's like home. It's like Batman mixed sort of like with like Dick Tracy, almost like yeah, very yeah. abstract looking faces. Where it's like you can't look away, but you don't want to look at those people at all because they're terrifying looking. And so even down to like the m- smallest characters in that movie, they made it. Une- it made you uneasy. Yeah. So it it set the tone at the very beginning that Gotham is not a place to be messed with. And don't stop there to get gas. <laughs> Just keep going. Move to the next city. Don't pull over for the McDonald's. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You're not that hungry. Yeah, I think still to this day, my favorite, one of my favorite scenes in that movie is when, of course, they're dispelling Batman. Like, whatever. No, that's rumor. You know, the whole uh, American Express joke. But then once Batman finally comes down, when he kicks that dude in the chest, yeah. it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, he just broke all of his ribs. <laughs> like, he kicked the fuck out of that He guy. really does. He really does. That scene is oh, so well wow. done. He goes yeah. flying through the door. I'm like, dude, like, that guy is probably dead. <laughs> like, you just kicked him, and he's probably going to be dead. Right. And that, like, and he's going to die in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you're probably right. Punctured lungs and everything. I yeah, mean, Lord. From his rib bones, like stabbing his lungs. I'm like, dude, they the do sound he nice makes, job. he's like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. oh yeah. <laughs> like, and they, see, you should, they show him on the gurney later on. He's <laughs> just like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's not lasting through that <laughs> night. No. Like, dude, this guy is going to be in the hospital bed for probably nine months recovering. <laughs> it's it's just he a, didn't it, kill him, but it's such a great. <laughs> debut scene for Batman, you know, because yeah. he, he just comes down from the background, real quiet light, the cape up. And that's a very, evocative image. That's a really cool scene. Yeah. Like, that's one of the things I took away from just watching the other day is like the shots are, that's one of the things I love most about the movie is the way it's shot. Because yeah. like it'll, instead of just being a straight on shot of like the Batmobile going, it's like the camera's off kilter a little bit. Yeah. So it, every element is like kind of uneasy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think that was all intentional. And yeah. you would know more because you're you pro- you're a Tim Burton fan more than I ever will be. But I assume that's kind of his style is like you know, different, not not doing it the way other people have done in the past. Yeah, and yeah, that, it, that, that was the whole point. They yeah. admit even when you talk to the producers that they went through like seven, eight, nine different scripts or screenplays, and none of them stuck. And that's why it took ten years to get the movie made until they cast Tim Burton as a director, and they said this gives it like credence to keep going. 
you know, like, this is something we've never seen before. And he even said that. He was like, I'm going to give you wonder. I'm going to give you mysterious things, like things that are uncomfortable, things that are unusual, things that you've never seen before. And, I mean, Tim Burton has made a career out of that his entire life. Yeah. yeah. But, like, that was so valid. That had, you know, I think he was 27 years old or something when he d- directed that movie. Like, that's wow. insa- that's insane. The biggest budget in the history of Hollywood at the time, like, to deliver a unique product. How do you even do that? Yeah. You're talking about executives being like, oh, I'm giving you how many millions? You better deliver me, like, a clear, cut-and-dry package of, like, here's a movie, it'll sell. Right. But they broke all the rules. Mm-hmm. So that could have face-planted easy. Yeah, and I think a lot of those, uh, like Cody was saying about the angles and the shots and everything, I think that was really something uh, kind of indicative of that movie because, like, you know, how I was saying, I have a lot of history with the animated series. If you look at even the intro to the animated series, mm-hmm. you see the Batmobile coming down the hallway at an angle. You see the top of the rooftop at an angle. You see Batman on the top of the tower with the lightning from, flash yeah. from at an, an angle. angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was all about those angles, and it was just all about that, like, uneasy feeling of, like, Gotham is this huge place that like no matter how you look at it you still feel so small you know so insignificant against this huge dark backdrop and I think that was something that he really nailed in that movie yeah, yeah 100% I mean the, the the say what you want about Tim Burton over his career I mean the man goes into a project with a vision for it if nothing else <laughs> and his yeah. vision for Batman was a game changer I mean People, you know, people thought of Batman as the Adam West character doing the Batusi and all, yeah, that, yeah. all that stuff. And, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying is it was all we had was the cartoon and goofball Batman <laughs> up until this when it's like, yeah. this is terrifying. It's really, it's scary. This guy's I'm gonna an easy one. Hurt you. Yeah, like. <laughs> it, it, and that's another part of that film that I really enjoy is, is Batman as like the terror of the night. Yeah. You know, sometimes a lot of the films they'll introduce him that way and then they kind of get away from that a little bit. But yeah. pretty much throughout that movie, Batman is terrifying. He straight up like shoots multiple people. Yeah. <laughs> he really with does. The Batwing. He like, does not yeah. fuck around. <laughs> yeah. Which is a which is a distinction to make of that version of Batman is that he does murder. It, yeah. It doesn't well, look is, like which is he has any qualms killing. Well, everyone gave <laughs> Not at Affleck all. A, a, you know, Red, Ben Affleck the riot act for his Batman killing people yeah. but they, they kind of forgot about Tim, Bur- or Tim Burton no, yeah nobody Michael ever Deaton's talks about streak. you know the original 89 Batman going around just like shooting shit up in the Batwing you know you're just kind of well, like even the Batmobile had machine guns on there oh yeah he straight up blew up an entire building, <laughs> entire building. <laughs> with people in it yeah. he threw people down a bell tower yeah like, <laughs> people died in people this died. movie a that lot of people died yeah so I mean I, I, I don't mean, know what most, uh, let me interrupt you real quick no, the, yeah, the go, most yeah. egregious was in Batman Returns when he throws a grenade down that clown's pants oh yeah <laughs> that that's, guy wasn't I getting think, up. I think that's the only murder in that movie, though. In that one, yes. I yeah, you're right. Like that, but that's cold-blooded murder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, like, that's pretty straightforward. Deliberate yeah. mur- like, you're not going to survive. Well, you're not going to survive. <laughs> I mean, he also kicked the Joker into a vat of acid. And I imagine that you do that knowing, with not thinking the guy's going to survive and become <laughs> this mega supervillain. It's like, no, screw you. I'm just going to kill you and be done with this. It's a wrap. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it's, it's a wrap. That is an interesting point. I mean, do you guys subscribe to the Batman dropped him in there, or Batman just lost his grip and they fell? I, I think he like, tried to he tried to save him, but I mean, yeah. he, he tried to shoot him. But <laughs> the, I mean, Joker tried to the... shoot him. The deflection of the bullet obviously made him go over the edge. He yeah. tried to he tried to pull him up as best yeah. he could. I think he tried to pull him up too. But Joker, you know, throwing the blame around. Yeah, play yeah. that blame game. It's kind of what he does. What did, what did you guys? I mean, obviously this, this was like the Batman that we first came to know and love. 
But when you when you got older and you found out that Michael Keaton wasn't the first choice for Batman, that there were others in the mix, like guys like Bill Murray could oh, wow. have been Batman. Yep. I mean, that that still blows my mind. The idea of, of Bill Murray's <laughs> Bill face Murray. in that cowl. I, I can't picture anyone else but Michael Keaton because I think it he did work, such a yeah. phenomenal he, job. Yeah, it's so weird to think that anyone else could have even played him. I mean, even Michael Keaton as a character. I mean, he was pure comedy prior to that point. Yeah. So, like, if you look at Bruce Wayne, like, he's not evocative of a comedic character. But I think because Keaton was a comedian, he had this knack for, like, the comedic tension in a scene. He could set up these scenes to make himself look awkward, look a little weird, look a little out of place, and really give that, like, Bruce Wayne isn't a real person type of yeah. feeling to I think that's probably one of my favorite aspects that he brought to it was, like, the Bruce Wayne character was kind of, like, I don't know, like, not interested in what was going on around him. He just <laughs> at like, all. Yeah, I'm yeah, doing, no. I'm doing these things so I kind of have to. I have to, yeah. <laughs> like, the, like the scene where he's looking for a place to put the pen, and he just puts the pen in the in the rock. Yeah, lost rock. and of course Alfred right behind <laughs> to clean him up. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Because like, he knows he doesn't. Yeah. that's not what he gives a shit about. He, he just he brings something to that character that I feel like in, in subsequent films isn't quite there. No, you know, not like at the, all. That, there isn't that real good duality between the Bruce and and, and Batman. And Michael Keaton, I think, yeah, might be the might have been the best at it so far. I would think, yeah. Christian Bale came close. Christian Bale did a yeah. damn fine job, but his Batman is very different than Michael different Keaton's. world. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think Tim Burton said it well too. Tim Burton saying like, "Well, I would have a hard time putting a serious actor in a bat suit and not <laughs> getting a laugh." Like <laughs> that's true. Michael Keaton going into a bat suit makes sense because he's not really assuming. He's not super huge, so he would need to put on a suit to be intimidating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that gives a lot of credibility to, to the fact that that's why he chose to do what he did because why would he not just be Superman and just take his clothes off and he's got <laughs> a thing underneath of it. It's like, this guy needs to strike an imposing, dangerous level presence when he shows up, but Michael Keaton doesn't really have that, especially with that perm he had in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, he kind of ne- needs the suit to be Scary, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Don't kill me, man. I'm not going to kill you. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. Aside from being a comedic actor, he was also like a very—he was a handsome man. He had a little bit of a classy look to him, even with a goofy haircut. Yeah. <laughs> so when he, when he like he dresses up well as as Bruce Wayne. So when he's walking around as him, I totally buy it. Yeah. It yeah, totally he, makes. He looks sense the to part. Me. Yeah, for he sure. He looks like someone who'd be a rich kid. Yeah. Yeah. He but looks he looks so, uncomfortable being a rich kid. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah, kind of, isn't that's that, important. Isn't that kind of the whole point of Bruce anyway? Is like I'm I am who I am, but this is not who I want to be. Exactly. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. So. I got I other t- things to do. Even <laughs> as an adult, were you watching it well, more than as a kid? It, it, it makes sense to me, him as that character. Yeah. I think the thing that was striking on, on some of the more recent rewatches of the film is like, that nobody really seems to know who Bruce Wayne is. Yeah. No, because really he's, odd. Not, he's not anyone. Well, no, but I mean, like... He's like, just a guy who shows oh, up at Philip... Which guy's Bruce Wayne? Who's yeah, which... Who? Yeah, even... Yeah, Vicky Vale. Yeah. Which one's Bruce? You're at his house. <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> right. In his city. You don't know who he yeah, is. Yeah, he's supposed to be, like, the richest guy in the whole city, right? Yeah, like, but that kind of plays into it. It's just like he's a chameleon. He just kind of fades into whatever, and yeah. you totally forget about him. But then it's like when Batman shows up, no one forgets that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. No, it's, it's, it's a unique uh, take on that character, because, I mean... 
there's those, those scenes where you know, he's just walking around Gotham City unaccosted. Can you imagine like a billionaire walking around the streets of no San way. Diego? Yeah. 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 Any, any the celebrity these like days would be paparazzis like crazy. Yeah. yeah. But you know, Bruce is sad, so maybe people just give him his space. Yeah, yeah they, get, they understand. Yeah, they, they, they know he's grieving all the time. Yeah, you know, he has, he has flowers in his, in his jacket that he drops down the street corners yeah. with his big ass Wayfair glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Those were nice. It's like three hundred dollars glasses. <laughs> that might be a Mortal Kombat reference. But <laughs> oh, Johnny Cage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I wanted. I wanted to spend some time talking about Keaton because I feel like. With everything going on with, with newer Batman films, I feel like people have kind of forgotten how good he was. People yeah. were pissed. Like, I think even the New York Times put out an article being like, oh, they're going campy. <laughs> and I think that's why that trailer came out so quick, because they were like, they dude, this him. is not... Not that. at all campy. But, I mean, I mean, I guess I understand it. I mean, to reference another Batman lineage, it's like when I heard Heath Ledger got care- casted as a Joker, I was pissed. Yeah. I was like, there's I think no everyone way. There's had no the same reaction. Like, that. that's not going to work. Ten things I hate about you. Get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> well, no and, way, dude. And obviously, we had an iconic Joker performance from from Jack yeah. Nicholson. Yeah. I mean, it, that was going to be really hard to top. And yeah, in my opinion, maybe maybe I'm just a sucker or not. But <laughs> Jack Nicholson's performance is still so eminently rewatchable. I mean, yeah. he it just chooses the scenery and just kills it every time he's on the screen. Yeah, it is the Joker. Mm-hmm. Even Bob Kane straight up said. Jack Nicholson is the Joker. Yeah. So the, there's end of discussion. Yeah. <laughs> there's no other way you can go. If the creator goes with it, you go with what he says. If yeah. he's saying that is what I in, in, envisioned, then yeah, I mean, there's yeah. no other way to go. And and Nicholson's come out and talked about. I mean, not recently, but at the time he was talking about like the the freedom that Tim Burton gave him just to kind of like inhabit the role in any way he chose to. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he just owned it and 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 took it for a run and. Like I said, for a long time, I don't think anyone wanted to go anywhere near being the Joker. No. No, I think the only one that was chomping at the bit is, like, Robin Williams, but that would have yeah. been so much less scary. Yeah, that would have been I saw that, too. Well, Probably. I don't know if you guys heard the rumor that I heard about Robin Williams. Uh, apparently, the rumor that I had heard was during the casting, when Warner Brothers and Tim Burton were discussing the Joker role with Nicholson, he was kind of hesitant about it. Yeah. And so they offered it to Robin Williams, not yeah. telling Robin Williams that, like, no, we're just really kind of... T- Gonna put this you. out yeah, there. Yeah, they were baiting him out for it. Yeah, and so when the Nicholson takes quick, it, Robin yeah. Williams is pretty pissed after that. Yeah, and that's why he didn't work on any Warner Brothers movie. After yeah, when that. they because I guess for, they came to him for what, the Riddler. Twenty years or something yeah. crazy. Yeah, like no, or not twenty years, but I think it was a long time. Yeah, he he was expecting an apology for that. You yeah. know, it's yeah. like you gave me the role and then you took it away and gave it to Jack Nicholson. Yeah, they totally you know? baited him. Yeah, and they, they try. I guess they tried to make up to him by offering him the Riddler for Batman Three, but that yeah, he's like that no. whole thing changed, yeah. and he was he was still out. So they really he, he jerked him around yeah, to get Nicholson in that role. It would have been interesting to see him as the Riddler, but I don't know if he would have done anything more with the role than Jim Carrey did. So, no, right, he wouldn't have been any more scary. No, it was kind of a just trash script overall. But that's <laughs> Batman Forever. We don't need to talk about. We love that. you, Joel. <laughs> Do we though? No. <laughs> yeah. I think I think Tim Burton's gonna get more sympathy on the show than Joel Schumacher. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> But like Michael Keaton, like I, I can't like even to this, even watching Birdman, like when he showed up like in Birdman, I'm like Batman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I can't see him and not like yeah, no. Beetlejuice. Obviously, is so fucking iconic. But yeah. still, when I see Michael Keaton, I immediately say Batman. Yeah. In my head, like there is nothing else. There's no other way to go. No, that was something him. that ran through my mind when I'm watching him in Spider-Man. You know, I was like, 
I, I don't, I just Why is see... Batman talking to Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> it's the crossover we've been waiting for. There we go. <laughs> totally. It's but the DC I, Marvel crossover. I, I love Michael Keaton as an actor, but I, I just that's just something in my brain forever. Like Michael yeah, Keaton's Michael Batman. Keaton is Batman. Yeah. Well, like if I ever meet Michael Keaton, I'm be like, Jesus Christ, I'm I'm meeting Batman. This, this is, is Batman. This is amazing. Even well, he says that in the scene when he's like, "You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts." That I just watched it the other day, and I was like, <laughs> "Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts." That kind of reminds me of Beetlejuice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like a I very agree. big take off that. His face contorts weird, and the way he yells. Yeah, it's that that classic Michael Keaton kind of angry, yelly thing. But at the same time, going back to what Roger said, it's kind of like funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of comical at the same time. Yeah, because you don't see that dude and think like you want to get nuts, and he's actually sincere. Yeah, you're like, wait, are are you for real? (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't see that coming. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Batman with a fire poker. Yeah, exactly. Damage. Yeah, I'm, I would be scared to see what he actually would do yeah. if he didn't shoot him in the chest. <laughs> well, you know, the Joker threw him off his game with the, with the dances with the devil line. Yeah, totally <laughs> fucked him up. Yeah, yep. that, 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 that threw him for it's a curve. Hole that iconic line. Movie, yeah. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. <laughs> Wait a minute! I've heard that before. It is funny. This how, motherfucker. How pretty much like every line Nicholson says in this film is is like a eminently quotable, but just transcends oh, yeah. the movie. Like we all know those lines back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, I think we all quoted a Joker line to each other throughout this evening while we've been here. So. At least once. Yeah. <laughs> At least once. If probably not three times. Yeah. And uh, people who are listening have probably already have heard. But there will be a lot of Joker lines dropped into this episode of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, there because you go. they're so good, and I want to play them all. <laughs> it's just awesome. Yeah. It just inhabits that role so well, and it, it for the longest time it was it was my favorite version of the Joker. I think as time's gone on, I, I'm, I've been willing to accept different interpretations of the character, but Nicholson's is still iconic. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And right. I love that every version of the Joker pretty much since then has been very different because they know they can't go back to that. You can't beat it. Yeah. You yeah. have to do something different. There's no option or there's no possibility of topping it. No. Yeah. Because that's just Jack Nicholson being more Jack Nicholson than normal. <laughs> that's all it is. Just turned up to 11. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> that's exactly. Turned up to 11. Turned up uh, high on Smilex and kicking ass. <laughs> even, even up to like The Departed. Like way later, when yeah. he starts getting animated in The Departed, you're like, "That's the Joker." He's just grabbing <laughs> handfuls of blow, and yeah, like <laughs> when he says, in particular, when he literally tells Leonardo DiCaprio, "I'm not the cops. I'm not asking you." I'm like, "Dude, that could be a Joker line." <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, that's really good. <laughs> you're 100% right. Yeah, the Joker wow. could say that. Yeah, <laughs> but he's so damn that's terrifying. terrifying. Yeah, yeah. In that, in like when he's walking around with plain flesh tone. Oh yeah. And like he pulls the rag out and will wipe it, and it's just like. Like, ugh, like, even as an adult, I'm just like, it gives me the creeps, dude. Like, I yeah. don't want any, I want to get any, as far away from him as I can. Yeah. <laughs> just terrifying. With, like, the way they did the face, with the smile and everything. The, the, that rictus grin they yeah, gave just, him, yeah. It's just absolutely terrifying. Watching that as a kid, I remember, I told you recently, I think, I was like, that movie terrified the hell out of me when I was younger. Like, with the buzzer and the guy burns. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember being oh. a kid watching that, like, I should not be seeing this. There's no way I should be watching this right now. I'm so he's, scared. He's singing, like, a 1930s love song like, yeah. while yeah. he's doing it. Yeah. It's like, dude. And then he sits and, like, hangs out with him. Yeah. While he's all just a burnt-up, crispy he corpse. Says, uh, your pal's a 
They're not bad people. <laughs> Maybe you ought to give him a little bit of time to think it over. No. Like, he's puzzled that the corpse is telling him, no, we shouldn't give them time to think it over. Yeah. We should just kill them now. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that, you're a vicious bastard. Yeah. I'm you're a vicious bastard, Vitaly. I'm, I'm glad you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> because he's, that's, the corpse's advice to him was kill them all. Yeah, there you go. I mean, it's uh, that was one of the best parts about Jack Nicholson's Joker is that he danced over that line of being funny and creepy, you know, like menacing and terrifying. He thoroughly enjoyed what he was doing. Exactly, and that was a role that he just went into 100. percent And like we were saying, that was just him, you know, turned up to 11. There was just no no uh, restrictions, like just yeah. That's why it seems so natural. It's like one of those roles that were just meant for you, you know? Just like Tony Stark is, you know, Robert Downey Jr. Right. Yeah. Like There's that was no one else meant for him. That. It's because that's fucking just him, you know? Yeah. It's, it's not a different character he's playing. He's playing himself turned to 11, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, he just nailed that. And he was honestly, for me, probably the best part of the movie. Yeah, hands down. And it, obviously that it transcends the film because it's, it's yeah. permeated into pop culture now. Freak terrorizes. Wait till they get a load of me. All right, so there's a new round of beers on the table. Let me let me see okay. what everyone's got real quick. So uh, this time I got the Joyland is not a myth. It's, uh, you just copied Cody. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm just going back on what he had. What do you have now, Cody? The intermittent availability. Is that what I'm I saying it right? Yeah. And yeah. I just took my very it's first a lot sip. Of syllables. Yeah, that is phenomenal. That's so, my yeah. first sip ever. That's really good. Yeah, super good. That's I love a that nice one. one. Yeah, I had that earlier before we started recording. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I'm still boy. drinking the same beer I had. <laughs> Brian, what do you got, bud? Uh, dry land is not a myth. Hey, well, yeah. Yeah. going around. There we go. It's a good one. Yeah. That beer Peter is really good. good. I've been thoroughly enjoying this beer. Yeah, I'm so glad you guys canned it because that one's just take that home and enjoy. You know, you know I, I don't have it in front of me right now, but when we were in here over the weekend for Roger's birthday, the uh, the current batch of Dank Drink is fucking lights out. Oh yeah, yeah. I might have yeah. to finish on that one. Which is crazy, yeah, because we got the new crop of mosaic and it's just super passion fruit. Oh man, yeah. it's which is so weird. good. Is the one on tap right now the one that was recently canned, too? No. Oh, so there's an even newer one? This is a newer one. Even newer. It's it's fucking rad. Because the one that was in cans last time was, like, mind-blowing. Yeah, so this is even above that You may think you get a little, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That would be what I close out with, because it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Well, both of these on the table in front of I didn't even finish the dry land yet. Now I got this one. It's like just too much good stuff. I'll help you out, buddy. Don't worry. It's like, a, it's like the AMPM brewery. Too much good stuff. <laughs> There's a reference I have not heard in some time. Yeah. <laughs> it could be the next of a pariah shirt. Yeah, there you go. Too, too much, much good, good stuff. stuff. All right, let's get back to Batman, guys. And we were gonna we were gonna talk about Vicky Vale because I feel like there's I feel like there's thoughts and opinions on on Kim Basinger's performance as Vicky Vale. There's definitely thoughts. Anyone <laughs> want to start off first? I'll defer to Brian on this one. You want me to start? <laughs> okay, sure. I think she did a fantastic job. I think uh, she's the only mm. rational, real character in the whole damn movie. 
Yeah. She's the only thing that's like she's just thrown into this world and she's just like, I guess I'll try to deal with this. <laughs> and she's caught between these two like polarizing psychopaths who are both trying to get her attention <laughs> and she's just trying to be like dude i just want to do my job <laughs> like i'm just yeah. a reporter or a photographer i should say um but i think her as, as an actress she gave the movie so much validity because otherwise it would just be absurdity on absurdity on absurdity on absurdity they, it needed some kind of character to ground it ground it yeah, yeah. she was the one the coming in being like sure. hey like why are you a dick and he's like <laughs> and bruce is like well, I ha- this is just how it is even his yeah. answer like gives no real explanation he just like well this is the way it is because no one else can I think is what he says why do you do this because no one else can it's like that's just absurdity on absurdity on absurdity so she gives the movie like real like she grounds it in like okay there's someone here who's not a lunatic yeah (laughs) even Alfred's a fucking lunatic if we really think about it like he's devoted his whole life to this guy who he barely knows yeah since he was a kid since he was a kid yeah Yeah, like he just goes with it who's clearly a an insane asshole <laughs> but he's like this is okay like I'm not gonna question this at all like oh this is how you're gonna spend your billions like okay cool I'm into it I'll help you, you know? <laughs> sure she's the only character that's like what the fuck's going on yeah and she questions the reality of it yeah like yeah. what the when fuck no is one going else on seems here? everyone else just sees it as normal it yeah I, I guess this is okay <laughs> yeah I but, definitely agree with you I, I feel like my, my, my only quibble is like it's, it's, it's plot related I, I wish yeah. I kind of understood her fascination with like exploring this urban myth of Batman a little bit better yeah she's kind of like a ghost hunter I guess in a way yeah it seems like because she does that that war journalism you know like all the dead bodies that Joker loved looking at yeah Yeah. so so that he could make his art yeah Um, so I wish someone dies (laughs) 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 so good see I am the world's first Fully functional homicidal artist. <laughs> you were a fully functional homicidal brewer. I hope so. Fingers crossed. I'm only yeah. killing my own, my own uh, reputation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I think my only issue with uh, the Vicky Vale character is that they chose her to play Vicky Vale, which in the comics prior to that point. I don't think she had any, you know, relationship with Bruce Wayne. She, she was, was just, just kind a of reporter. A, yeah, she was just kind of, you kind know, of off to the side. The wall, you yeah. know, she was she was a character of the series for sure. And, you know, comic fans of the time would have known her by name. But she had never had a relationship, as far as I know, with Bruce Wayne up until the 89 Batman movie. So I think they probably could have chosen even just an arbitrary character that she played. Uh, I think they were just kind of going off of, oh, they know Vicky Vale. We'll just make her that. And they kind of just, you know, wedged her in that way to be that character where she's kind of like researching the Batman. It's always like, I feel like characters, the, the female, you know, off of the guy in those kind of superhero movies tend to be like some sort of journalist or reporter or right, something. Right. You have your Lois Lane type character where she's just, she's obsessed with the hero. And for some reason, she just happens to meet the guy behind it. And, you know, you just got this weird relationship where she's actually obsessed with the other guy. It's like, oh, actually, that's me. You know, so <laughs> yeah. it was just Maybe my... that was my, a little bit of producer injection. Yeah. Like, well, this worked in Superman, so... Yeah, right, I, think, I think that's kind of yeah. what they were going for. I don't, I don't fault that to her at all. I think, like you said, she gave it a really grounded role um, because, yeah, like, aside from that, that entire movie, everyone is just out of their mind, you know? It's like, if... All these people think this is a normal thing. They're all insane. 
you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, they're just going around just being like, oh, yeah, you know, people get mugged all the fucking time. It's just what we do around here. Just Batman telling her, like, get in the car. I'd be like, uh, <laughs> no. Uh, uh, like, no. No. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're good. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll just off. go home. I'll take a taxi. <laughs> Whatever. I, but, I also uh, question her decision to team up with Knox. For the for the expose that they want to do on Batman, well, he was the he's only clearly one that, a hack. Yeah, <laughs> and well, why is he, he a hack? He was kind of right. Well, he's also kind of. <laughs> if they, he's working for the Inquirer, they'd probably eat it up. Well, he's also kind of a comical, definitely like, a comic out there relief. character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Robert Wall so, playing that character, yeah. comic relief for so sure. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. She <laughs> brings, does great. At she that. even like kind of brings him in because otherwise, him on his own might be a little too much. No, she kind of she kind of well, gives him validity to, to the police department. He's yeah. totally seen as a joke. Yeah. Right. He totally. flicks the cigar on him and says like, mm-hmm. "Don't quote me on that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Get the fuck out of here." Yeah. Is there a six foot bat in Gotham? Yeah. And what's he pulling down after? Or after taxes, yeah. <laughs> it's like he's a total hack. Or I don't know if he's a hack. He's actually the only one, as a reporter standpoint, that's actually reporting the truth. That's true. <laughs> Everyone's dispelling it and being like, "This isn't happening." He's like, yeah. "But the guy is dead and fell off a building," and his buddy said a giant bat did it. Yeah. He's like, "Oh, that's worth." And everyone else is like, six page." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, everyone's telling him he's a Looney Tune too. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah they kind of just see him as a crackpot. Like you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. Even though you got like some when he solid... walks in and they have the bat, and he's like, should have had a little more gore under the fangs. Yeah. <laughs> They're just busting his balls the whole time. Nice yeah. cameo of some Bob Kane artwork for the for the. Oh yes. yeah. Yeah. yeah, signed by Bob Kane. Signed by Bob Kane, but not the artist was not Bob Kane. No, which I guess uh, he got ill a, or something. At the it time. was a missed opportunity yeah. for sure. But yeah, whatever. We'll give it to him. They should have. Yeah, yeah, that would have been cool. A nice Which, touch. Slightly off topic, but if you guys get a chance, I would. Uh, there's a documentary. I think it's on Netflix still about uh, Bill Finger and his contributions yeah. to the character, which yeah. are starting to become come more to light. And uh, he's now been credited as a co-creator of Batman because of everything yeah. he brought to that character. Yeah, they finally have with Bill Finger after yeah. the Bob Kane yeah. on all. Yeah, it's uh, not just Bob Kane. Yeah, he's he, always he, been Bob Kane and Co. Yeah, yeah, of course he's but, the one that signed it. So. Yeah, but, but Bill brought the mythology for it, which is I'm yeah. glad that's being recognized. Yeah, now, and just that's a side note that's definitely quick. important. So good, a good even, documentary. Very even some people don't realize that even in the movie, Sam Hamm didn't write the whole movie. Right, there was multiple writers, multiple people in there. Yeah, um, I think three in total that wrote it, and mm-hmm. I think uh, Sam Hamm brought like the first two acts. And then the other writers brought in, like, more validity in terms of, like, okay, why are these people doing this? Okay. Kind of level of, like, we need to understand, like, monarch theater scene. Like, why is this guy a lunatic? Right. And why is the Joker here? Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, but, um, but Vicky Vale, I think, is great in... I have, I have a trivia question for you guys. Yeah. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Let's go. So, uh, Kim Basinger was not the original Vicky Vale. It was cast. They were about to schedule... They were about to start shooting. She was about to get on the plane and fly to England and start filming, but she hurt herself in a horse riding accident. Do you guys know who the actress was Sean that Young. was going to play. Do you know what she went on? Well, don't tell them. Because there's, no there's no way they know that name. But good on you for knowing that. But who was going to play Vicky Vale before Kim Basinger? I have no idea. Yeah. No. Do you know? Uh, I, I feel like I read it before, but Lewis Einhorn. Huh. Lieutenant fucking Einhorn, Einhorn. was going to play Vicky Vale. Wow. <laughs> That would have been strange. Yeah, yeah Sean uh, Young. That would have completely changed the yeah, dynamic. Absolutely. Laces she would have been so Finkel. much more serious. Yeah. 
your gun is digging into my hip. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a gun. It's not a gun. <laughs> Jeff, hey, Dan, you got any more of that gum? <laughs> <laughs> and that was the East Ventura podcast. <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> Alrighty then. Lewis uh, fucking Einhorn was going to play Vicky Vale. No, I can't imagine that. Well, that would have changed she, the movie infinitely. I probably yeah. wouldn't like it as much. It would have well, changed it in a huge way. Huge. She, went, she went nuts uh, to be become a gravitational Catwoman shift. for Returns. She wanted to be Catwoman in Batman Returns. That and she showed up at Tim off. Burton's house in a Catwoman suit and freaked him the fuck out. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. That's dedication. Wow. Yeah, and like after that, Tim Burton was like, hell no. <laughs> She's nuts. Well, She's from like, what I understand, uh, yeah, listening to interviews that. with her, she took it personal. She was like, my career is ruined because I missed this opportunity, and I don't wow. disagree with her. It probably was. She went on to play Louis Einhorn. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, great movie. <laughs> it's a classic. But, it's not, no, but that's she's not, not a podcast. I mean, I've seen <laughs> not that. yet. I've seen <laughs> that movie. Ninety four is only a couple years away. I've close. seen that movie tons of times. When he said the name, I didn't know what it was. But you Sean say Kim Basinger, yeah. and I'm like, I know exactly who that is. <laughs> exactly. You know? yeah. But you say Einhorn, I get it, but I don't know the person behind it. So yeah. it's like yeah. she's kind of an unknown. Yeah, for like the, the most people, and she's upset about it. Yeah. Well, I don't she, blame her. She should be. Yeah, and she fucked herself up horseback horseback riding. riding yeah. Crazy, and, and then so did uh, Superman. Yeah. Stay <laughs> off horses. Another oh, parallel. Oh, True. Yeah. Yeah. Stay DC the characters off of stay off yeah. horses. <laughs> the moral of the story, kids. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck horses. Stay yeah. out of the ocean. Stay <laughs> off horses. Yeah. Totally yeah just let me, avoid let me that. change the topic here a little bit here, <laughs> and bring it. Bring, Bring it back to the back to the bat. Okay. Back to the bat. One, one of my favorite elements of this film, and still to this day, I get so fucking pumped up. Like there, there is some kind of connection in my heart to that Danny Elfman score. Oh yeah. How oh, yeah. fucking oh, good yes. is that? It's amazing. That is, that is the Batman and score that, of that, all time. There's nothing else. It yeah. might be like the last great superhero theme music that we have nowadays. Well, I mean, that's like, true artistry there. Yeah. yeah. You have a guy like literally conducting an orchestra. Now it's a dude at a synthesizer doing it all himself. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like this guy conducted an orchestra to bring that theme. And they use that theme to open the film with as, yeah. as you're kind of like the camera's kind of going around in, in the in the bat symbol. That's a great swelling of it's the so theme. Good. Yeah. It's so good. That opening insane. is it because once it pans out with that music and then you see the symbol it doesn't matter oh, who you are you're like oh yeah, yeah, Ooh. it's great. And then when you, and it, when it, it, that trained the audience, that trained us, that whenever we heard that music, we knew something cool was about to fucking yeah, happen. You're like, oh shit, here it comes. It's almost like the Jaws music, where it's like yeah. it gives you that in that inflection of like excitement because something's about to happen, something cool is about it, to happen. It has this, this great hero theme for Batman, but yeah. Danny Elfman does such a great job scoring the entire picture. Yeah, you know where, where it's it's haunting where it needs to be haunting. It, it's it's scary well, where it needs to be scary. It's brilliant the way that it's throwing it back to like you know silent film area where you go to a yes. theater and there's yeah. music playing where it's like you there isn't inflection and timing with with your voice you're listening to the the what's the word the guy the who does the the band leader he's leading you into your emotion it's like this is a funny part this is a sad part this is a oh crap the train is coming down the girl's tied to it this is my heart is now racing. I should be. Yeah. I should have anxiety here, and that <laughs> plays into that brilliant old way of movies. Yeah, what that got people to like that inspired people like Tim Burton and like Quentin Tarantino, who did, who moved on to do great things because they were inspired by that sort of brilliant artistry. 
Yeah, and uh, going into that, like a lot of the music theory, if you guys are into that whole scene, you have the uh, the John Williams score of the you know Superman movies. You know the the Superman theme was written as like a march. Yeah. You know, da, 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 da. you know, you got the whole <laughs> major theme thing. But then Danny Elfman wrote it similarly as a march, but in a minor. It's where oh. you have everything written to that key of a minor. Oh. So where if you transpose it as a major, it would sound like a march, mm. like you're used to. But switching it down to a minor just completely changes the tone of the it entire set the, thing. Well, it set the tone. Yeah, it, exactly. Like, like the, this that is, minor shit's going to happen, but it's yeah. going to be dark. You have yeah. that dissonance behind it. You know, yeah. you have these like minor keys, and it's it's such a brilliant theme. Like his entire soundtrack was great. Not to mention the contributions by Prince we have on yeah. there. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Well, actually, let me dive over there real quickly because yeah. I know. I, obviously, we talked about how. The animated series is a big influence on you. Yeah. And, and clearly, they, Bruce Tim and, and, and the guys behind that show, yeah. love that fucking theme too and the score that they did because that, that inspired a lot of that feel, I feel. Or yeah. No. A lot of the feel of the animated series. Definitely. Watching that intro to the animated series just nails the entire feeling behind Batman. And I think it was, you know, based off of the, the movie theme. But just you know, recompose yeah. for the animated series. And, and since and since you kind of came to it backwards, I kind of feel like maybe that's a nice little bridge for you to cross. Yeah. You're like, oh, I know this. The music, the yeah. movie opens with that, and you're like, I know this. Yeah, exactly. That was I, you connect to it immediately. That yeah. still gives me chills to this day. I'll watch that intro. Or I'll listen to the Batman theme, and just that swelling of the music into that. You know, <laughs> you know, you're just Absolutely. so into it. You know, you're just, oh, it's too good. You know, I, I learned it's almost to, I, cooler to go backwards than forwards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can attest to that. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. Think we you're had right. to stumble upon these blocks as they hit us in the face. <laughs> He's like, oh, I see where they connect. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> I, I sit on the shoulders of giants. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I learned to love the Hans, Zim, the Hans Zimmer score that he did for the, yeah. the, the Dark Knight trilogy. I've learned to Absolutely, love the scores yeah, that the yeah. Marvel films have. But, but the from Marvel the get-go, Alvin Silvestri, right? I believe it's Alvin Silvestri. Yes, yeah. you are correct. Oh, Hans Zimmer did fantastic on the Dark Knight trilogy. It still doesn't top. No, with this, it still doesn't like, top. From the get-go, I, no. I, I just, no. it yeah. just hits you. Danny Elfman real killed quick. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, he's a legend. I mean, he has yeah. been for our whole lives. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, and I'm, like, I'm not firing shots at Hans Zimmer and, and Alvin Silvestri. Oh, no, not at all. Of course, no. Their stuff is great. That guy's a thrill fuck. He worked with Stanley Kubrick. That's all the validation he needs. And he lived to tell the tale. Yeah, Danny Elfman's a legend. But I mean, I'll, I have to go Alvin Silvestri for me personally. But I, yeah, back in the I don't discount the, how uh, Danny Elfman is like a legend in what he does. And he was completely unproven. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's what's cool. You're like, oh, the guy from Oingo Boingo? No fucking way. That's going to be good. <laughs> yeah. right. Weird science guy? Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know, you know about I mean? that. <laughs> Dead Man's he, Party? Okay. I, I, I like I, that I, one. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> That <laughs> is I the funniest thing you have to tell people that's who that is. Yeah, right? When they see their face, like, oh. The guy from Oingo Boingo. <laughs> yeah. What? Well, first you get, like, a pause while they're trying to remember who Oingo Boingo is, because yeah. we're now 40, or I'm now 40 years old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that's a band? Like, yeah. A real was, band named yeah. themselves Oingo Boingo. Well, that's damn good pretty band. well. Yeah. They did pretty well. They had some hits. <laughs> yeah. They had some hits. They got This Is Now, like, 1980? You, yeah. Or 1978? Yeah. They had a couple Early hits 80s, on there. Yeah. yeah. But, um, shit, where is I going to go with that? Now I'm going to blank. Uh-oh. Um, 
but yeah, it's awesome to think um, that they even the producers going to meet with Danny Elfman be like, hey, what do you you know? How are you doing? What are you working on? As they're like in the courting stage of like, can you handle this role? Right. And uh, they literally said that the or um, Tim Burton said that he was seeing the disconnect between the producer and uh, I can't I think Ghoul. Goober? I think Goober. John Gruber. Yeah, Goober. John Gruber. Gruber. Is it John Gruber? It's Gruber. It's Gruber and Peters who were the producers. Yeah. And they were sitting at a meeting and he was like playing music and he was like the ethereal like when he's like creeping around the corner and they're like no, like I'm not not getting it. And Tim Burton straight up said he was like play the march. Play the march. (laughs) And they played the march and they said the guy just got up and he was dancing around the room like oh my god. Yeah. This is it. But this this was his first major score. So he the amazing thing about this movie for me is that no one was proven at this time. It was just like a bunch of money giving to a bunch of artists who all, all of them were like given their best. They yeah. all were like, I'm going to give you the best shit I've got. And they all were inspiring each other. It's like they yeah. all were leveling each other up like, oh, our budget is what? Like, oh, dude, <laughs> like, oh, my God, we're building a whole city. Like, dude, I've got to create music for a whole city. Like they yeah. all, I think like leveled each other up to, to lead up to the point of like a cult classic film yeah where it's like that's why it can't be beat because this was artists in their truest form like giving their all yeah you don't just see like, that anymore just, just cut cut off the ties of like budget or money and just like let me do what I do yeah and I'll give you something amazing and that's what that movie is to me it's, it's like literally a collaboration of amazing artists like all coming together for sure all of them are yeah. amazing oh great special effects music like right on down the line it's, it's, you, you mentioned the budget. We should, we, it, it bears uh, mentioning that that movie, at, at the time, I believe the budget was $35 million. It made 40 its first opening weekend. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, it so went on to gross like 411 <laughs> with his entire time. release. I think Jack Nicholson himself made $80 million. Because <laughs> he got a percentage of the, of the release. Of the yeah, which yeah. is apparently the most an actor that's has never, ever made That's never been done ne- since. Yeah. Right. Even, even Robert Downey Jr., who's, who's, who's getting back in on, the, on, on most Iron of the Marvel Man, films. Yeah. 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 He still he hasn't has not reached made. $80 million yet. <laughs> most of Jack Nicholson's money is from Batman. Wow. Yeah. It's time for who do you trust? Hubba, hubba, hubba. Money, money, money. Who do you trust? Me? I'm giving away free money. And where is the Batman? He's at home. Who washing his tights? Just because he got that percentage cut off of it. Sweeter deal. He got better money off of that than he did The Shining. Uh, Which is insane. That's insane. And Jack doesn't know the king of the 80s, too. I mean, that guy was cranking out a hit after hit. Well, he's a legend. He couldn't be stopped. He couldn't be stopped. Name something he's been in. Well, I'm sure you might be able to and you, but (laughs) there's probably something that he's done that's kind of a shitter, but... Or, excuse me, uh... I was say, Little said, Shop of Horrors. If you said one of the cuckoo's nest, I was going to put this fucking table over. <laughs> Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop We're of done. Horrors. We're Flip. Even in Little Shop of Horrors, he's still fucking Jack Nicholson. Jack is still great in everything. <laughs> in if two the minutes movie's not of great, film. he's always good. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen Jack Nicholson phone it in. Never. No, 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 no. of course not. You know, he, he doesn't show up for the paycheck. He, that guy does work. Even, oh, yeah. even like, silly-ass movies, like, like when Tim Burton brought him in to be, like, eight different characters in uh, Mars Attacks. Yeah. Like, he's yeah, so working. Like, like, what? Why does he have a <laughs> shitty, like, Midwestern shitty haircut? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, like a car he's like a cowboy? Like, yeah. what? <laughs> he's a used car salesman, right. totally. Yeah. He's like a he general, was, too. He's like, he had, like, eight <laughs> he, was, he was in charge of the was military. The president? He's the president, too. Yeah, the president, too, yeah. yeah. It's insane, like, though, dude. that he had the, he had the forethought 
to do that back end. Yeah. Because you hear stories about a lot of actors who were huge that went on to do, like, small roles. And they're like, just give me the guarantee and I'll walk away. Like Donald Sutherland. I don't know if you guys know yeah. yes, about the yeah. Animal House story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, they offered him the back end or up front. He's like, just give me like the 200 grand up front. And then he was, in some interview, he's like, to this day, I would have made like <laughs> 50 or $60 million if I had to take yeah. the back end. And it's insane that he yeah. had that foresight on it. That well, and the girl who Jack, played. Jack Nicholson in that negotiated. And oh, he really? literally says he lost a ton of money. He made <laughs> wow. $80 million off Batman. But literally all the merchandise for Batman was sold before the movie came out. Yeah. Because they negotiated the contracts, they did the deal of making the product, getting the product ready, selling the product, and before the movie came out, all of it was pre-sold. But Jack Nicholson was getting a cut of that merchandise. Gotcha. So they were like, uh, shit, we have no more merchandise. He's thinking like, <laughs> fuck, I'm losing money now. Right, yeah. right, right. But that was unprecedented at the time. Yeah. To even for an actor to get a cut of anything other than you're paid to play your part. Well, it's like the woman who played uh, Jason Voorhees' mom in Halloween 1, or um, Friday, Friday 13th. Friday 13th. One. Yeah. I think she did that role for, like, a Toyota Corolla. <laughs> yeah. Like she, Thinking it's a joke, yeah. Wow. Yeah, they, they, she was like, this movie will never go anywhere. It's never going to do anything. <laughs> and she was like, just give me a car and I'll be happy. And now she would have... 40 with, sequels later. Yeah, it <laughs> she would have worked into... Because they used, like, her image in part two as, like, yeah. the cake or whatever as, like, the severed head, yeah. it's, she would have been, like, at $200 million wow. one, at this Easy. point in time. Still to the this day, she's still used in likeness. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, they yeah. ju just at Comic-Con yeah, last recently, year, yeah. they just released a NECA figure of her that was, like, an $80 <laughs> toy. She would have been making money off of that. That's crazy. Yep. And now she... Oh, and she's dead she now. She didn't get nothing. But, well, no, I mean, the other, the other well, her story... would be her kids and stuff. Yeah, her yeah, estate would be making money every the single Ramones day. The Ramones make more money now than they did when they were alive. Well, yeah, <laughs> you can buy a $60 shirt at H&M with the Ramones on it. And yeah. Great. At least her kids have a car. Fuck you, pay me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love those stories. Yeah, of like, her of her like, grandkids <laughs> have an old Corolla. <laughs> <laughs> we can't turn this in. It's all we have from Friday It's all we have from Grandma. Yeah. <laughs> it's all she left us. I, no, I, I, I love those stories of, like, the, the creators who who believe so much in their stuff, like like Lucas, yeah. ne negotiating for the to for the toy rights, and like 20th mm. Century Fox, like who wants fucking toys of this movie? Yeah, <laughs> guy built an empire off of selling fucking toys. Literally, well, yeah. even even Batman to bring it back home. Literally, I guess Warner Brothers sold off the rights to everything, but uh, I don't remember. But they bought animated, um, Audible, and live action. Um, the the company that was Bad Ink or something <laughs> that actually produced the film off the producers right they ice. bought the rights from Warner yeah. Brothers for all of it <laughs> and that that was a crazy thing where they were like dude Warner Brothers needs to realize they need to keep this in house like mm -hmm. you yeah. need to explore these characters and realize you have excellent things and stop worrying about new 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 right and explore the characters you have and like delve into them in a real way in, in validified ways so you can actually make an amazing film. But they were just like, whatever, dude, you can have Batman. That, well, like, you know what? what? <laughs> the, the, the culture was you so know different I mean? like, back then. You just then. bought the rights to Mickey Mouse? Imagine that. Yeah. Oh, right. like, oh yeah. we don't really care about that. You can have it. Yeah, I mean, back then, Five million, you can have it. This and you kind make of stuff, 50 all, billion yeah. off of it. All, all this stuff that's popular now. You idiot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
<laughs> all, all the stuff that we watch now that was po- that's popular now was looked down on. Yeah, all the, oh, it's a stupid thirty years ago. Book, like that's yeah. that's for kids. It's bullshit. Yeah, fairy tale bullshit. Well, Kevin Smith yeah. told told a story at the la- at last year at Comic Con when I saw him talk, and he was talking about how when he first met Walt, who's on Comic Book Men, and Walt was a, is a still to this day a massive Batman. Oh fan. yeah, oh, yeah. he's the one who introduced Kevin Smith into what Batman was, and now. Kevin Smith writes Batman comic books. Yeah, which and, is insane. Uh, yeah, and he was saying that they were at working at like a youth center or something, and Walt was like, do you, you don't read Batman? He's like, Batman's for kids. That's like that's like little kid stuff. And Walt pulled out a copy of The Dark Knight from his back pocket oh, that he carried with him at all times. Yeah. <laughs> and he threw it down on a ping pong table, and he's like, take that home and tell me that's not metal. <laughs> so it's like, like back in the day, like back in the day, like no one wanted anything to do with this stuff. Yeah. But there was like that small group of superior nerds that were like, yeah. "No, this is legit." As it turns out, that was the better stuff all along. Yeah, well, exactly. in the Dark Knight, the, the Dark Knight, the the Frank Miller story. I mean, that was a big reason why that movie got some traction. Mm-hmm. You know, at Warner yeah, Brothers, like, Frank Miller was the catalyst of changing the paradigm of yeah. like this yeah. is not campy shit. This yeah, is he like took it real away from yeah. Yeah. between what yeah. Frank was doing with Dark Knight and what what uh, Alan Moore and, John, and and Dave Gibbons were doing with Watchmen. Alan Moore might be the greatest comic book writer of all time. Yeah. I can't argue with that. Yeah, <laughs> arguably that is true. Yeah, I mean those those Frank guys Miller, in '85 like, were changing the game, mm-hmm. and it made it made executives at Warner Brothers pay attention to what was going on in their comic book division for the first time in probably forever. Yeah, yeah like oh, this is piddly, whatever. Yeah, yeah. it makes a couple bucks. Meanwhile, cool. like they're winning all these awards for literature. Yeah. Now, like, oh shit! <laughs> right. Now, now we can't not have a comic book movie. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so That's very true. Oh, yeah. it's it's beautiful. How it all came together. But people it, broke all the rules, man. Um, I want. We were talking about the music initially, and I yeah. wanted to go to Brian. Yeah, let's go. Because I wanted to yeah, talk wanted, about Prince. This is probably my most favorite part of what we're going to talk about tonight. I, th- I, I think I, I think it bears talking about about the impact that the Prince soundtrack had on America <laughs> and you on America. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bad Dance was sweeping the nation. Bad yeah, Dance was. was the American dream. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I don't even know where to go other than to say, like, that was, def- like, pivotal for me. It was, like, definitive for me. Literally, I grew up a Prince fan not knowing I was a Prince fan. You're I, one of the biggest Prince fans I know outside of Cody. And, yeah. I mean... I didn't like, know you it. Said I mean, how I was a kid being like, was. dude, I love Batman. And I'm like... And those songs are awesome And listening fun. to those songs, I'm like, dude, these songs are amazing. And then, literally, my mother was like... Have you heard When Dubs Cry? Have you heard Raspberry Beret? I'm like, I'm like, what is this? And I'm like, it's Prince, the guy who did Batman. I'm like, oh, this is sick. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> like, literally, I got, like, back-ended into, like, fanning out on shit that I didn't even know. Like, the movie was literally, like, transformative to me. It defined who I am, literally. Like, I got a love for music. I got a love for art. I got a love for film. I got a love for actors. I got a love for everything from yeah. that movie. Like, Literally, I pull everything that I associate with now. Literally, I still do these things yep. to this day. You got you Smilex. Have, I was going to say, you have a fantastic beer named after an this film. to that movie. And I think, I don't know anyone in my life that's done a tribute to Batman that's more like, looks like it would have been marketing for that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would have been great cross-promotion in 1989. Then, <laughs> then what we've done, and that's because I respect it so much. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to honor the artists that did did those movies in the way that they deserve to be honored because it's incredible art like I literally exist my whole world is predicated by that way of looking at things and the what Prince did is incredible obviously he's a Warner Brother artist so it was just tagging in another artist to yeah. make something already awesome more awesome 
Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that was a producer choice also, Producer right? choice, yeah. yeah. Like, he's on contract. Like, he's into it. Yeah. Like, he's prolific as fuck. Yeah. He wrote a hundred songs for that movie. Wow. Oh, really? A hundred songs for that movie. And they're like, insane. dude, like, no. That's why they released a whole separate <laughs> album mm-hmm. of his shit that they didn't even barely use. That's crazy. Like, the future, literally, when they show the... In the opening sequence, when they go in and they're showing Gotham, you yeah. hear... The future, it's like seeing the future, and it will be. But you only hear like that, and that's it. Yeah, oh, wow. that's all you notes. hear of that entire Such a song. Small little bit, and it's like yeah. a seven-minute song. Jeez. But it's like Prince is so involved. I think he saw the artistry that was going on. He was like, "Dude, I've got to be a part of this." Yeah, real knows real. And, and forgive <laughs> me if you guys disagree, and I don't mean any disrespect when saying this, but the scene when they're playing that because that Prince song is phenomenal. Yeah. And they're doing the dance scene and they're painting all the paintings. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That the was, museum scene. Yeah. That they come in with the boom box. Like, <laughs> yeah. that, Let's I, broaden our minds. <laughs> Lawrence, done wrong, like, that could so easily skirt the line of, like, tacky as hell. And, oh, like, yeah. yeah. Easy. Okay, I'm done with this movie. Like Spider-Man 3, the dancing scene. When he <laughs> oh, yeah. Good like, fucking point. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like Emo it's Spider. Very, very, yeah, yeah. It's so, it when he's could, dancing on the tables. Yeah, it's like it could be so close to towing the line of just like, okay, this just took me out of the whole movie, but somehow yeah. Jack Nicholson dancing to Prince as the works. Joker. Yeah, as the it's Joker. A, that's the Somehow fucking music it's like, you would get. Yeah. Dude, this works. I don't understand how, but it totally does. Like, no one else could ever pull this off but Prince and Jack Nicholson. Exactly. And, and the, I don't think anyone ever has since, nor ever no. will pull something off like that. To tie both together? Yeah. No, and actually no. have it work and have it be, like, prolific to, like, where it actually shaped someone's life. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, that could have very easily been, like, the movie version of Jumping the Shark for Batman, but it uh-huh. totally worked. They pulled it off somehow. <laughs> yeah, and the, the crazy part about that is that, like, the Prince songs are real within the Batman universe. Yes, that's Because the nice only time you he hear... He deliberately plays, pushes the play button. He plays... Yeah. He wanted to have fun to that right. song. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So the Joker <laughs> yeah. is a fan of Prince. Right. And Prince <laughs> exists within the DC universe. Well, no, and, and, because <laughs> he's also absurd. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and the song choice for for the climax of the film when, when Joker's leading the parade. I mean, yeah, yeah, another exactly. excellent oh, selection yeah. that just mm-hmm. makes that scene play so much better than it could have. Yeah, because it seems fun, but you're like, wait a minute, he's killing everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's wait a minute, they're all about to die. Here, so, have some money, but you're going to die. Why do I feel die. good about this? <laughs> it's actually been a while since trust? I've watched that movie, and... <laughs> Like I said, when I was a kid, that movie terrified me to no end. Yeah. And so when I was rewatching it, so I come on and talk to you guys about the experts about it, I wanted to have it fresh in my mind. And as soon as those balloons came out, I'm not kidding, I kind of like quivered, like, oh my God, this yeah. is bringing up like a, t- a <laughs> legitimate fear from when I was a child, those yeah. balloons yeah. flying over. Because I'm thinking, like, anytime there's a parade with balloons flying ahead, you get there's a very, yeah. very smilex. There's a very good chance that you could be d- in danger. So yeah. you've never been to the Macy's Day Parade? No. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, when you're at Pariah Brewing and you say release a smilex, it means something much more happier. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Usually, yeah. Well, that's when Mike comes running through the wall and crushes through. <laughs> like the Kool Aid Man? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness! I think it's. I think we're about at that time, guys. We're at one oh four. Yeah, we, we we could we could spend the rest of the night probably talking about Batman, but I think we probably got to wrap it up. Oh, okay. So, so I want to bring up oh. one other thing, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah go please. Because when I was rewatching it, I was like, this sort of doesn't make sense to me. I wanted to get your three's take on it. So when he's yeah. in 
the air, the bat plane, is that the right word? I'm so bat wing, bat, bat wing, wing. Yeah. I'm sorry. And <laughs> he it's pulls the wings out, that matter. Yeah, he pulls out that <laughs> the gun with a long barrel, the elephant gun. Yeah, <laughs> and one bullet brings down, brings him down and almost kills him. <laughs> Dude, like. I was a little shocked by that. <laughs> it's poor, poor design work by by Batman. Yeah, it's like, so he has, so he has an Achilles heel in that. Is what you're saying, or what? Because it seems strange that one bullet took him down. Yeah, I don't disagree with well, you I mean, on that. It's like a 45 caliber gun. It's that true, would take but down it, a lot of planes if you had a good aim. Yeah, I guess, And if you're the Joker, I guess you have you're you're skilled, so you know what you're yeah. doing, right? I think that the Joker has always been equally as skilled as Batman yeah. in the opposite way. In the opposite you know? way. He's eating, 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 I mean, eating, that, eating. that yeah. one shot was almost curtains for the Batman. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it no. was almost, that was it. Killed him, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was just the ridiculousness of busting out the elephant gun mm-hmm. and just but being like, But that's a real oh. gun. Yeah, no. If you research it, it's like, it is, yeah. it's like, how did you prepare <laughs> to think, I might want to stuff this down my pants <laughs> just in case he has... When you're the Joker, that's what you do. And Air Force. And again, another scene where, where Batman's about to, to murder a person. Oh, dude, he's, he's trying. <laughs> he's trying to He's shooting straight all up the rockets, shoot that straight up emptying the fucking up. rotary no gun. Given. Like Terminator style. Like, yeah. get, 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 like trying to kill him. Well, and that's he's just like, oh. Enough. Yeah. Well, the, the chess match is my favorite part. He literally, like, he puts his arms up and he goes, unload <laughs> if you don't kill me. Then he goes, allow me to retort. <laughs> and pulls out his big-ass gun, yeah. and he goes, okay, I only need oh, one. Yeah. Boom. And fucking takes down his plane. Right. Got him yeah. right in the tailpipe. Yeah, I think it's just <laughs> a perfect juxtaposition of the characters, you know. It's just yeah, just like, being like, he's, he's giving it all, and he's yeah. like, dude, this is effortless. Boom. Because yeah. one's, one's dark and scary. The other one's, like... Comedy, kind of goofy and scary, and yeah. <laughs> both equally lethal. Yeah. And like you said, it's like, okay, you didn't kill me, now it's my turn. Got you. Allow me to retort. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, see, that's why I want to ask you guys because I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on it. Because when I watched it the other night, I was like, how the hell did that happen? Come on. Oh, there's there's a lot of like, fun miss? things in the plot we could yeah, kind of right? get into. He's supposed but to be, be here all night. Train he he took everyone else out. <laughs> yeah. He killed the whole goddamn fucking gang <laughs> in that scene. Well, there's, in the, I mean, there's also the uh, the deleted subplot, like that the that the money that he's handing out at the at the parade is poisoned. The, is, is, well, it's uh, it's it's counterfeit. It's, it's yeah, it's with him. It's just got his yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Joker on the one dollar bill that he wanted. And then well, there was also says, supposed to be the statue in the middle of town was supposed to be changed into him. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, dude, she asked, "What do you want?" He says, "I want my face on the dollar yeah. bill." Yeah. But they kind of leave it as like a one line joke. Dollar bill. Yeah. Yeah. But that would have tied it in, yeah. Yeah, it would have tied it together better. Yeah, totally. So this is a weird plot thing still, but it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely a movie that, I mean, I don't know if I want to say it's aged 100% gracefully, but it still is totally watchable and enjoyable. I think it's aged 100% gracefully. It talks about a, a greed of people, corruptibility of people, the limits of, like, what you believe in. Like, those are all, those are things that are timeless. That's why comic books are so valid. Yeah. Because they test people. It's like... What, what are your foundations? Where do you come from? I'm going to test them. And that's why you can't have... If Superman didn't have a villain, he wouldn't yeah. be Superman. Mm-hmm. If Batman didn't have a villain, he wouldn't be Batman. You yeah. know? So it's it's amazing. It, I no, think Batman it, needs a Joker. I mean, we, that's yeah. just... They, like, yeah. like, like you were saying, the juxtaposition, the, the way those yeah. two are, are just diametrically they opposite both need each other. other. The yeah. best DC characters, the best DC heroes are based upon their villains. Yeah. You know, so... And I think it, give, it gives it validity. It gives it something to, to love. I mean, we both have both sides in all of us. Yeah. It's easy to be evil. Yeah. It's yeah. fun to be evil. That's what the Joker shows. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, especially if you're good at it. It's mm-hmm. fun to be evil. But 
at the end of the day, you want to do what's right. So that's why the Batman. I was gonna say it's wins. kind of fun to be Batman too and just punch people in the fucking mouth. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> that's yeah, pretty yeah, fun the fuck too. Out of people. That's, <laughs> like, that's what makes the character punch so people lovable. right in the fucking yeah. face. Break ribs sure. with your foot. No, no kicking that dude in the chest. Dude. Yeah. That's Easily, we're, we're actually doing rooms. that. Once I, we stop recording, we're gonna find someone to kick right in the chest. That's oh, I still like audibly <laughs> laugh out loud every time he does it. <laughs> oh like, dude, he just killed that guy. <laughs> He's done. Like, if this He's is done. a UFC fight, that guy would be tapping out. Yeah, <laughs> He'd be like, Oh god, oh god, we're done. <laughs> One kick. And with that kick, I think we're closing out. I think we're going to we're gonna have to give it a try. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. This has been so much fun. Uh, if you guys had as much fun as we did, please take the time to write us a five-star review. Small podcast, small podcasts like this can easily get lost in the mix. And those reviews are going a long way to letting people know that we're doing good stuff over here and that they should check us out. Roger, what's your social media? Where can people find you? Uh, I'm at Gold on Instagram, I think. Uh, you the think? same on Twitter. Okay. You are. No, no. I tweeted it's you both. It's, it's, you both. It's, it's yeah, both. It's both. Okay, yeah. good. We're good. And uh, yeah, that's my main two. Brian, where can we find you and Pariah? Uh, at Prince. <laughs> <laughs> or at or, Pariah or Brewing. Pariah Brewing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of the two. And Cody, how about you, my friend? Uh, at 3BZ on Twitter, at Beer9 San Diego on Instagram. Thank you so much, guys, for being here. I'm glad we all got to spend the day talking about Batman. It was a lot of fun. Thank you very much. There's so, no better subject. Oh, there isn't really. It's, it's tough. To, <laughs> I know we live in a Marvel age, but Batman still is Batman. Nah, DC, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, for Roger, Cody, Brian, my name is Tom. And always remember, never rub another man's rhubarb. <laughs> <laughs> and now comes the part where I relieve you, the little people, of the burden of your failed and useless lives. But as my plastic surgeon always said, if you gotta go, go with a smile. We're not gonna be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions!